Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We've been talking about this event that is due to take place. And, of course, when's it due to take place on Yom Kippur? It's, it's just absolutely bizarre. The university of uh, – that's uh, Penn University uh, having a what – what are they calling it? A Palestine – a Palestine – Rights uh, Literature Festival uh, So uh, that is taking place over this period And why is this a concern? Why should we be worried about this? Why should Jewish students be worried about this? Well, we are joined this morning by David Lang He's a Middle East analyst David, a very good morning to you How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Howard. How are you doing? I am doing well, thank you. Why should we be concerned? Surely it should be a good thing, right, to have a literary festival at a university focusing on Palestinian writers. Why should that be a concern for us? Well, if it was just a literary festival dedicated to celebrating and promoting cultural productions of Palestinian writers and artists, we wouldn't be raising a stink. If it was something positive then fine, good luck to them, all the more power. Mm. The problem here is it's dedicated towards negating the existence of the Jewish state and beyond that, demonizing uh, Jews and um, spreading anti-Semitism and terrorism. So it's nothing, so, so in other words, the focus is not actually positive at all. It's not really to do anything to do with, uh, it's just a guise. It's just a guise to allow or to create a platform for anti-Israel, anti-Jewish sentiment. Yeah, I do believe that. Look, that's not to say that every single session Mm. is dedicated towards Israel's destruction, but that's certainly the motif. If you look at the the, the lineup of organizers and speakers, as well as past such festivals, you definitely notice that theme. All right, so who are some of these speakers? Uh, well, I, I, I should preface my remarks by saying this is just a small sample. I counted something in the, the dozens of speakers with very problematic uh, anti-Semitic and or terrorist support histories. In fact, some even have histories of terrorism themselves. So we can just start from the organiser. The main organiser is one Susan Abulhawa, and she's the executive director of the festival and a co-founder of the festival. And she was actually, she might be familiar to some of your listeners because her appearance at the recent Adelaide Festival uh, earlier this year generated quite the buzz because of her history of anti-Semitism and also things like calling for the Intifada. And I, you know, she she denies anti-Semitism and she claims it's just criticism of Israel, as we've seen Mm, so often mm, with these mm. people. But if you look at her actual statements... Uh, for example, she equates us with Nazis, and she speaks about power in Hollywood and the media, which is, of course, an anti-Semitic trope. Right. Well, of course. I mean, what's that got to do with Israel? Yeah. Right. And she talks about the Rothschilds. So, mm. you know, this is not a case of us overreacting. This is very clearly anti-Semitism, and she's an organizer of the festival. Uh, and, and, Here we go. Yeah, Sorry. carry on. I, I wanted to hear some of the others as well. Okay, yeah, sure. So I'll just quickly go through some of the others. Huweda Araf, so she, if I'm not mistaken, ran for Congress recently. Mm -hmm. She's also a festival organiser. She was very involved in the Free Palestine Movement, the ISM, the International Solidarity Movement. She has a history of actually shielding uh, terrorists. Back in in the day, uh, her ISM 
helped protect up to 40 terrorists barricaded inside the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem, if you remember. Yes. She's talking about the so-called Palestinian resistance, a euphemism for terrorism. She's defended Hamas, and she has equated us with Nazis as well. The, w- then some of the speakers. Yes, yeah. you know, carry on, and then and, and then I just want to get the the response sure. from the university because that's perplexing in of itself. Right. So one of the speakers, Wissam Rafidi, is a self-admitted TFLP terrorist who writes regularly for their mouthpiece outfits. So it's not just about terrorism support. It's not just about anti-Semitism, but we even have speakers who have been terrorists or affiliated with terrorist organisations. So, so, so this is, it's very clear because all one needs to do is take this list, look at some of the comments that they made. It's, it's not, it's not particularly, uh, you don't need great investigative, um, <laughs> skills here because it's published and, and these things have been said by these organizers, speakers, etc. It's well known. Uh, how then, when you have a festival that really brings them all together, how does the university uh, legitimize and argue that this is all about expression, freedom of speech, and academic debate? Because it isn't. Right. Well, the president of the university actually did come out and condemn the anti-Semitism of I quote several of the speakers. So first of all, they've minimized, you know, I've, I've listed several speakers, but mm. as I told you, there's dozens. So there's at mm. least probably 20, 30 onwards of speakers with these sorts of backgrounds. So first of all, they've minimized it. But yes, they are speaking about freedom of speech. They're not willing to cancel the festival, which by the way, I don't have a problem with personally. I'm also for freedom of speech, but, but we need to condemn and shine a light on these people so people understand what this is truly about. Well, the question is, of course, to the universities, would they allow a festival that spoke out against, I don't know, transgender students? Would they allow a festival like this that spoke out against uh, Muslim students? Or, you know, uh, Christian students, they probably would allow it. But it's, 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 it's surely the hypocrisy here is so glaring that it's, it's very difficult for them to to, to, to deny what's happening. Yeah, it's a hypocrisy we're seeing all over U.S. campuses and, in fact, elsewhere in the world. The Jews as a minority are treated differently to other minorities. Mm, mm. And even within the intersectionality movement, which promotes all these other causes, like you mentioned, we are actually seen as sort of the white privileged folk and not real minority. Mm. And therefore, we're excluded from the umbrella of those protections from within the movement itself. So what what can be done? What can be done about this? Obviously, we have these conversations. We speak about it on social media. We try and raise as much awareness as possible. But at the end of the day, uh, what is where is the power to deal with something like this? Well, I do believe this is all we can do. We can just shine a light on these things. Um, Again, I'm for free speech, within reasons, of course. If there was any promotion, active promotion or incitement to murder, that's where you would draw the line Mm. in my books. But I do believe that we have the power to shine the light on these people, what they truly represent. At the end of the day, this is a battle uh, in the court of public opinion. And we're losing that battle, to be honest. No, there's no question we are. Mm. 
There's no question. That's partly because of the audience. Uh, many in the audience have already been swayed or they don't want to believe us because mm-hmm. they, they, they buy into this narrative that we're the white and powerful colonizers. And of course, there's a lot of latent and not so latent anti-Semitism behind these sentiments. So there's too many people more than willing to believe this. So I always encourage people not to get too down on this and say, listen, we're not going to convince the people who are already convinced, but there's a, many, many people, especially young people, already on the fence, or at least intellectually honest people that we can influence. And the best way to influence is actually to use their own words against them. And not just, uh, you know, history is, of course, important and, you know, Israeli innovation and all the good that we do in the world, but that's not enough. We have to be proactive in using their own words and acts against them. And that's why I'm very much for free speech, because I think one of our best weapons is something they're handing to us on a platter. That's very, very interesting. In other words, uh, give them enough rope, and uh, and uh, that's exactly what is used back at them. David Lang, keep doing the work that you're doing, because that's exactly the fight and the battle that you are having. And uh, we will, of course, watch the story, see how it played out. If you want to follow David, uh, he is uh, he. You can find him. You can go to www.israelicool.com. Dot com, and uh, you can follow him there. You can follow him on Twitter. It's eight thirty-two.